Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and this is Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. I really want to hear from God today. How about you? I want to hear from God through the Word of God, rightfully divided. I want to hear from God through the Holy Spirit, speaking to my spirit as the Word of God comes alive within me. Praise God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I am ready for revival in this last generation. I am ready to see God move by His Holy Spirit in our world, in our churches, in our land. Praise God in our families and in our lives. So if you're ready for revival today, I want to bring a message to you that I pray will stir your heart deep within you. We're going to be talking today about reopening stopped up wells. Reopening stopped up wells, releasing the revival in us. Hallelujah. You'll get this message very soon. I want to say something before we go to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, get ready to go to Genesis chapter 26 and verse 17 on the subject, reopening stopped up wells. Amen. A great revivalist of old, I believe it was Leonard Ravenhill, He said one of the real misconceptions about revival is that we have to pray that God will send it down when really what we should be praying is God release the revival in us and through us. You see, the spirit of revival is already in every spirit-baptized Christian. Everyone who has the Holy Ghost has the potential to release the power of God through their life. Amen. And the devil knows where the, the potential for this great revival resides. And he has a strategy against it. And the, as long as we keep praying and asking God for it, instead of qualifying for it, <laughs> then we're going to be praying at a dead end and assuming that God only sends revival in certain dispensations that He decides in His sovereignty. So God is the one with all the billions, I'm talking billions of souls that are going to go to hell without it. God is the one who is holding it back. Friend of mine, I want you to know God is not the one who is holding it back. I want you to listen to this message today with a, with a humble heart and a, and a heeding heart that God may speak to every one of us, reopening stopped up wells, releasing the revival in us. According to Genesis 26 and verse 17, it says, And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there, (laughs) listen, a well of springing water, literally translated a gushing 
underground spring. It was there all the time, but their enemies had stopped up those wells. And friend of mine, I want you to know that stopping up wells, cutting off the water supply, is an an, a very effective military strategy. It was customary in the East to dig wells as proof of title to land, to fill up a well uh, on someone's land was considered an act of war. Cutting of the supply, stopping up wells, is an excellent defense against an enemy. An ancient military strategy was to fill wells with sand or stone, choking them, or to throw putrefying, decaying carcasses into them, polluting them. Listen, Satan seeks to choke or pollute the wells of water that is residing in every spirit-filled child of God. Literally, he can't do it. He has to get us to do it, to quench the Holy Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit by attitudes and activities that are unrepented of, that we know is wrong, not ever seeking that cleansing. You know, we used to have altars in church, not for, for, for the, you know, the look. We had altars to kneel at. And there were services years ago that I remember where we were all, the pastor included and the singers and the musicians, everybody, the Sunday school teachers and the kids were in altars. I've seen those kind of services seeking to be cleansed so that every one of us could be available as a vessel unto the Lord, meet, sanctified and meet for the Master's use. Listen, Cutting off the supply, stopping up wells is a real defense against an enemy. And listen, Satan sees us as a powerful enemy if every one of us is a free-flowing vessel for God to flow to and through. Second Chronicles 32, let's read it together, four verses. And after these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city and they did help him. So there was gathered together people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Satan knows, dear friend, that we are dependent upon the Spirit of God for sustenance and strength. Listen to what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4:14. 4, he said, "If you keep coming to this well, you're going to you're going to get thirsty and keep coming and coming." But listen to what he said about what he offers spiritually. He said, "But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, underscore that, a well of water springing up 
to everlasting life. Praise God. He won't be looking for a well. He will be a well. And he will be a well that springs up to everlasting life. I want to say this today. Every true believer has come to the well and has living water within. Religion many times is responsible for for capping off the well with ritual instead of spiritual reality. And we are in desperate need today of a spiritual awakening. Not just going through the motions of what we call worship services, but literally experiencing the presence of God, being filled with the Spirit, and beginning to let the Holy Spirit that's in us come up like a spring and and gush out of us. Praise God. Amen. Jesus literally said it, didn't he? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water springing up unto everlasting life. Praise God. Out of your belly. That's not out of your stomach, but the belly being the, in the center of a man's body is talking about the spirit of a man being the central part of him out of your spirit where the Holy Spirit has come to co-abide with us. Amen. Shall flow a river of living water springing up unto everlasting life. Let's locate God's base of operations for this mighty river and this power. Ephesians 6 or 3 rather and verse 20. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. I want you to say that with me. The power is in us. This doesn't mean that it isn't God. It means that it's God's Spirit in us. This is not taking away from God's sovereignty. This is not putting us in control. It's saying God has chosen to fill us and work through us. All of this that we are in desperate need of, He has placed in us when He gave us the Holy Spirit. Didn't Jesus say that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost is come upon you? But you see, He didn't just come on us like He did in the Old Covenant. He came to live within us. Praise God. Amen. And out of your belly, out of your spirit and my spirit, if you're a Christian, shall flow rivers of living water springing up unto everlasting life. Amen. You know what the devil does? He gets us to do things that grieve the Holy Spirit. He gets us to do things that literally will quench the Holy Spirit. The devil can't stop God from working, but we can. He can tempt us. He can keep us out of altars. You don't have to get down at an altar in a church if you choose not to, but you shouldn't be too proud to do it, and neither should I. But at some point in our lives, we need to make an altar somewhere. It may be right now where you're hearing this broadcast. If you can kneel on your knees in a private place, amen, in your home, 
friend of mine, it's time that we get these wells unclogged, that we literally redig the wells. The water is there. It hasn't went anywhere. There's nothing in heaven that God needs to send us than who he has sent us when he sent us Christ and who he sent us when he gave us the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen to Isaiah. Oh, wait, I want to stop before we go to Isaiah. Every one of us. I don't know about you, but I'm going to just talk about me for a minute. I want a holy, healthy introspect. I want God to search me and show me if there's something that is, is clogging the well that is already within me, that spring that is already there. If there's something in it that needs to be getting out of it, if there's some practice, if there's some unconfessed sin, if there's something that God is, is, that is polluting the purity that God desires in us so He can flow to us and through us. You see, the Scripture says this in the New Covenant. Come, come, apart, come apart from them. Come, come apart unto God and touch not the unclean thing. Separate yourself unto me, He's saying, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. For what, what fellowship hath light with darkness or Christ with Belial, literally the devil. Come apart from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And I will receive you. And I will be a, your God and you shall be my people. As it is written, listen, I will walk in them and I will live in them. Hallelujah. You know what that phrase, walk in them, it is the word perambulate. And it literally means to move about freely. You see, when God is able, because He's able to, to help us to sanctify ourselves, we're, we're positionally sanctified through the blood of Jesus. That's a standing we have because we've been washed in the blood, but we are personally sanctified through the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said in John 15, Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. It says that he loved the church and gave himself for it in the book of Ephesians, that he might cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that it should be holy. Praise God. You see what God is asking us to do is re-dig the wells that have been polluted and that have been <laughs> literally filled up with things that, that spoil it and putrefy it and, and clog it up. The revival is not above, as the great revivalist said, waiting for, for us to pray it down. The revival is in us and God is waiting for us to separate ourselves unto Him, allow the cleansing and washing of water by the Word. If the Word points out something that's wrong, then we as Christians and, and followers of Jesus should want to get it right. And that's not self-condemning. It's not self-loathing. It's 
denying ourselves that we might take up our cross and truly become followers of Jesus Christ, men and women that are sanctified and meet for the Master to use. Believe me, if we position ourselves in where He calls us to be, He's going to use us. And He's going to use us mightily because then He has an earthly base of operation. Ephesians 3.20, once again, God is able. Remember the word perambulate? He, he, he moves in us. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. This power comes through a person, and the person is the Holy Spirit. And as long as he is quenched, the flow will not come. As long as he is grieved, the flow will not come. There's things that we can do. Unforgiveness will grieve the Holy Spirit. Carrying that grudge will grieve him. Amen. It will keep him from flowing. It's not that he's angry and mad at us and I'm not going to work with you or through you. No. Grieve is a love word. It means it. I'm not able to do this and I so desire to do it. And if you will allow me, praise God, I will spring up in you and and out through your life praise god amen like a like a gushing spring of water hallelujah listen we're in desperate need of this water that's why the woman at the well said sir then give me this water i want this water you know something the world is in desperate need of this water that you and i contain this testimony of Jesus, this expression of what He has done in our life and can do in their life if they will receive Him and release the Holy Spirit that comes. Amen. Listen to Isaiah 12. Let's read it together. Verses 1 through 6. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise Thee, though Thou wast Angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. That's what happened in the new covenant when we get saved. His anger and his wrath is turned away, and his blessing is placed upon us, and his favor rests upon us. And it's a comforting thing. Thou comfortest me. In fact, he sends us the comforter, the paraclete, the one who releases that power through us, doesn't he? Verse 2 says, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song and is also become my salvation. Therefore, listen, verse 3, with joy thou shalt draw water out of the wells of salvation. Praise God. And, and, and in that day, you say, praise the Lord, 
call upon his name, declare his doings among the people. This is when that water's springing up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One. Where? Let's locate him again. Sitting aloof, high in his heaven, holding revival back until we somehow pray it down? No. Listen to verse 6. Cry aloud and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of of thee. Listen, God has come to indwell the believer. Christ has come to indwell the believer. The Holy Ghost has come to indwell the believer. So God is in the midst. Praise God. Listen, through Jesus Christ, we have an abundant, overflowing source of living water. To the children of Israel, the riven rock that gushed water was a type of Christ. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4. It said, And did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they that drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. It was in type, it was in foreshadow of what we have access to in its full expression, in and through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. I like the Amplified. It said they all drank the same supernaturally given drink, for they drank from a spiritual rock that followed them produced the same power of God (laughs) himself without natural instrumentality. It's produced by the sole power of God himself without natural instrumentality. One paraphrase says they drank the water which Christ gave them. He was there with them as a mighty rock of spiritual refreshment. Is he not with us today? Is this mighty one not within us today? Have there not been compromises in the church today that would grieve or quench the mighty, wonderful, powerful, personal, Holy Spirit? You know what the scripture said? Let's locate power again. Where the, where the, where the base, God's base of operations in the earth is now. If the Spirit of Him, Romans 8, if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He shall also quicken, make alive. What kind of life? The same kind of life that conquers death. The same kind of life that begins before the rapture, before the second coming, before we go to heaven. It's something that happens in the present tense. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, hallelujah, 
then he will quicken your mortal body. It's not us. It's God within us. It's God giving us the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit out of your innermost being, out of your belly and mine, shall flow rivers of living water springing up unto everlasting life. Hallelujah. Now I want you to go with me into a time of holy introspect. Is there anything in your life? Is there anything in my life? And I'm coming before God tonight that would quench the Holy Spirit? Have I been prompted to repent of something that I'm holding on to some pet sin that I just think I can't do without? Is there something that I've done or an attitude of my heart that would grieve the Holy Spirit, a grudge, an unforgiving spirit, something I have not dealt with, but I know, I know in my head and I should feel in my heart that this needs to be taken care of. Have I let the enemy of my soul get me to throw something that is rotten and putrid into my own well? That I'm capping it off. The devil can't stop God. But we can hold back the revival that we have been praying for. And until we recognize that we, we can release God within us to flow up out through us. And when we do revival, can't help but come. Because we, God didn't send it down. We released it into the earth. And if we don't see that, and if we don't repent of our sins, see, that's the issue of the healing of the land. If my people, I know you've heard this, but I want to say it to you again. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. You see, initially we see that as as just interceding. Let's just start interceding. Let's just pray for America. That humbling ourselves. Jesus, though he thought it, not robbery to be called equal with God, humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant. You know, we have to ask ourselves if our Lord and Master, who was literally God in flesh, humbled himself, what is hindering us from humbling ourselves? Are we too proud? Are we just too worldly and fleshly involved with the world to come apart and live a life that demonstrates that we march to the beat? of a different drummer. Sanctified doesn't mean sanctimonious. It doesn't mean self-righteousness. It means that our value system doesn't match the world. And our activity doesn't match the world. And our morals do not match the world. We are in the world. But we are not of the world. And that's why Jesus prayed in John's Gospel, for everyone who would believe, every believer 
He said, Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but I pray that you will keep them from the evil one. Hallelujah. That we will not be hornswoggled or hoodwinked by the strategy of the devil to get us to quench the Holy Spirit, to get us to cap off the well, to fill it with dirt, to fill it with the carcass of a dead body of an animal until the well is poisoned and it cannot flow because it's filled up with sand. But those wells were redigged, and guess what they found? They found springs of water springing up into streams. Hallelujah. Praise God. We need to drink from the springs of living water like the great camp meeting songs. Drinking from the springs of living water. Happy now am I, my soul is satisfied. We should never look through sin or the things of this world to satisfy that, that only Jesus can satisfy within us. We used to sing, spring up, O well, within my soul, because we got it. That's good theology. It's not some little pop song. It's a song about this very thing. Amen. When those wells spring up into our, in our souls, we're going to see a revival in the true church through true believers. And it's going to impact and touch the world because God is able to move in them, perambulate. Amen. And that means to walk about freely. Listen, if God can have his way in you, remember when we used to sing, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. I am the potter. Thou art the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, quiet and still. Be still and know the scripture says that I am God and then stand still and see the salvation of the Lord are we really clay in the hands of the potter have we separated ourselves unto God have we been washed and cleansed with the washing of water by the word are we obedient to God's word today I pray God will have his way in me. I pray God will have his way in me. Because if he's able to have his way in me, Ephesians 3.20 declares God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we think or ask, according to the power that worketh in us. We hold the key to this. And that's why the enemy who cannot stop God focuses all of his strategies against you and me becoming vessels of honor, sanctified, cleansed, and set apart for a holy purpose and meet for the master's use. That is the holy purpose. 
Praise God. Amen. Listen, I challenge you today to pray with me. Lord, have your way in me. And it will begin by responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. It will begin when we begin to come apart and be separate unto God. And we allow the Word of God to work its work within us to literally sanctify us, cleanse us by the washing of water by the Word. That's why God is sending this message to us today as Christians. Lord Jesus, sweet Holy Spirit, benevolent, gracious Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry I've sinned against you in this area or that area. Please forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. The blood of Jesus has been shed so I could be forgiven. And the Word of God has been declared so I could be cleansed personally and practically. Oh, oh Father, I want to be a vessel of honor. I want to win souls. I want to be able to pray and see the power of God released. I want to be a walking, talking spring of living water that others that are in this dry and thirsty land where no water is might come to you and ask you, Sir, give me then this water. We'll tell them where to get it. (laughs) We'll point to you. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you're living in a desert. You may try to drink that thirst away. You may try through sin to quench it. You may try through drugs to numb yourself to that gnawing thirst within. You may try through every kind of phony device of the enemy to quench that thirst. But if you come to Jesus, He said, I'll give you this water and you'll never thirst again. In Jesus' name.